The wealthmanagement.com Advisor Innovations Podcast is sponsored by LPL. As financial advice continues to evolve, LPL is at the forefront. Whether it's growing your RIA or building an independent practice, advisors can pick the business model, services, technology, and product mix that best meets their clients' needs. As a top wealth management firm, 100% dedicated to advisor success, LPL looks forward to learning how they can help you build your tomorrow today. For more information and show notes, visit go.lpl.com backslash advisor innovation. That's go.lpl.com backslash advisor innovation. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm David Armstrong with wealthmanagement.com, and this is the Advisor Innovations Podcast, where we try and track the latest tools and tactics financial advisors are using to build their practices. And with me today is Mark Cohen. Mark is the Executive Vice President of Advisor Business at LPL. LPL also, in full disclosure, is the inaugural sponsor of this Advisor Innovations Podcast, so we thank them for that. But more importantly, Mark, thank you for joining us today. David, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. First of all, let's know, where are you dialing in from and how is your pandemic re-entry going? Yeah, David, so I'm joining you from uh, sunny San Diego, where I've been for the last uh, two and a half years after moving out here from the New York area, as mm-hmm. uh, as you know. And the uh, the pandemic's been an interesting experience, but certainly being able to take advantage of the, the sunny environment and, and all the California has to offer is, has made it something that I think we've been able to live through pretty well. Yeah. So how does, you know, you, you spent many, many years at Market Council with Brian Hamburger, also a, a friend of the brand and working there in New Jersey. How does San Diego compare? So aside from the fact that we have sun and blue skies for well over 300 <laughs> days a year, I think that the, there, there's two ways that I'd best answer you. So California in general is just a special place. You get off the plane and you're, you're meant to be happy. But from a, from a working environment standpoint, it's been pretty interesting because I find that our work days start pretty early. It's, it's a normal day to start at around the 6 a.m. mark so that we're, we're up at the same time that you guys are over on the East Coast. But it's, it's been beneficial for me because I'm able to get home and have dinner every night with my young family, do, do bath time with my son, and I'd be able to have some of that special time that on the East Coast I never had the opportunity to enjoy. Well, that's great. That's great. And uh, yeah, and San Diego is beautiful. It's just, there's not too many places that beat it. So we want to talk to you today, you know, regarding LPL, where you say, you've, you know, you point out you've been for two and a half years, helping them build out kind of their custodial business or some of their businesses for advisors. And let me ask you this, when we'll back up a little bit. And when we talk about LPL, do you get as sick as others of hearing LPL described as an independent broker dealer? A hundred percent. I mean, on my first day on my job, I remember back in December 2018, I was doing the session with our entire sales team. They brought me in, they were doing an offsite and happened to be my first day on the job and they brought me in to, to host a session. No better way than throw you into the deep end, right? But I, I started the conversation by telling the entire sales team that going forward, they will not use that phrase any longer. And the reason being that it just doesn't very well describe who LPL has become as of that point, but certainly now here two and a half years later, we're just so much more than what the idea is of an independent broker dealer. If you think back into the 90s and 2000s and what that definition means, we're really much more of a wealth management platform that allows independent advisors to be able to plug into that platform in a number of different ways um, to operate the way that is best for them and their clients. And that could be, as you were alluding to, David, as, as an RIA, simply leveraging us as a custodian. Or it can be leveraging us as your employer and be a W-2 employee of LPLs while managing your books with, with maximum independence by still owning those clients and the relationships and branding your own. 
or various shades of gray in between where you can choose to insource or outsource various capabilities and operating um, aspects of your business. Well, you coming from Market Council very heavily in the RIA side of the business, correct? I mean, that's, am I wrong in saying professionally, that's kind of where you grew up on the RIA side of the? Of the... A hundred percent, David. And as you guys know, I mean, that was back when I was in high school, I started a Market Council. And yeah. so quite literally growing up in the RIA community, getting to LPL, I tell you, is a little bit of culture shock initially, hearing some of the brokerage language that was um, being tossed around the firm two and a half years ago. But it's been a long road for us now to, to, I think, bring LPL to a spot where that's no longer the case. And culturally, if I was joining today, it wouldn't necessarily be as different. Interesting. And, and you're a large reason for that. But was there a vision prior to your arrival that this was the direction LPL wanted to go in? So when I was talking with Dan Arnold, our CEO, prior to, to coming over here, he and I were spending a lot of time trying to map out what, what the future for this organization was going to be and where, where there was opportunity. And what really attracted me to LPL is, was a couple of things. First of all, I found Dan to be absolutely magnetic, and I wanted to be closer to his leadership. I thought there was a lot of opportunity to, to learn from him. But it was more importantly, the vision that he had shared for the organization, which was that operating with, at the time, somewhere in the, in the order of 15,000 financial advisors with a few hundred billion dollars in assets under management what was interesting. And LPL was the leader in that space, but we needed to evolve this business substantially to be able to maintain that leadership position. Um, and he recognized that in his seat as a CEO, there was a lot of opportunity to evolve and to be able to expand the number and the types of advisors we'd be able to serve to do more in the RIA space, to be able to do more in other areas of wealth management, to, to really position LPL as that platform of choice for the independent advisors that I think we've become today. So yeah, certainly I mean, it's, yeah, no, for sure. It's, uh, you know, it's one of these things where, you know, we recently wrote a little thing on whether or not the term independent broker dealer even makes sense anymore, you know, because there is this kind of weird blurring of the lines, right, between the, the business models. And it's really it's based on kind of regulatory uh, you know, uh, designations more so than necessarily what the end advisor really needs. And so you are seeing this kind of blending together of you know, the custodial platforms and maybe some of the, the high towers and dynasties and focuses of the world and the independent broker-dealer platforms or traditional independent broker-dealer platforms. All those lines are getting very blurry. What's driving that? What is the the what's the, what's the thing that's happening in the industry that you know are making these what used to be pretty rigid business affiliation lines just a lot more liquid and porous now? Well, I think that there's the primary driver of that is the shift in the way that advisors are doing business. If you think about the legacy independent broker dealer model, the vast majority of that business was being done on a commission basis on transactionable products. So the the BD sleeve of that business, while many of them were also duly registered as RIAs, uh, the BD sleeve of that business was, was the primary driver of their, of their growth and their success. And so as a result, there was a substantial, substantial focus there. Over time, as we've all witnessed, the advisory business has become a lot more prominent. At LPL, where the vast majority of our business um, these days is, is advisory, we at some time 2020 eclipsed uh, the 50% mark and continue to grow there. And so as part of that, we're seeing the, the needs and the demands that advisors are placing on us as a partner, but also others in the industry evolving as well. They're looking at us more as a component of their business as opposed to a partner through which they're executing trades and they're maintaining their registration. And, and a lot of that is the evolution of their own businesses. Now they're running those 
as businesses. They're they're looking at what their budgets are. They're managing those uh, their revenue on an ongoing basis as opposed to trying to figure out how are they going to trade the next ticket and and be able to earn uh, earn their keep if they needed a if they needed an inflow of revenue. Um, and so as a result, you're starting to see the evolution there occurring pretty substantially. And the role of the independent broker dealer or the role of the custodian or the role of the wirehouse, whomever it might be, is evolving as a result of that to be able to better support these businesses as a partner rather than rather than the way that it used to be. And so as a result, I think the demand is, is bringing a lot of those together because uh, there's only uh, there's only so many ways that, that these firms today have figured out how to be able to support those needs. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> you had a head uh, uh, start, right? I mean, I know that a statistic you LPLX throughout is you know the third largest custodian in the industry. That's right. So we we launched our our RIA business back in 2008, long before I was here, and and today we manage close to 500 billion dollars in RIA assets on on the platform, and and, and serve many RIA clients. So. I think that when when Schwab completed the transaction for TD, they did us a favor and allowed us to slide into that third spot. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you, do a lot of those assets that are there on the RIA custodial platform of LPLs, are, are those hybrid assets from, from advisors that are affiliated with you on the broker side as well? So a good portion of them are, but certainly not all. I think if you take a look at the industry data, it's really published, it publishes their annual RIA marketplace report. And I think in the last one I saw, somewhere in the order of upper 70 percentile of RIA firms that are registered either at the state level or the SEC today are actually hybrid firms and that they have at least one or more of their investment advisor reps who are also registered representatives of a broker dealer. And, and I would tell you that our platform is probably similarly positioned along those lines of what you see with the industry with the RAs that, that we serve as well. Okay. So you have a, a, a sizable number of RIA only firms that are custodying at LPL? Yeah, we have a really good number of RIA-only firms that are custodying at LPL. That number continues to grow. I tell you, over the last several months, we've had an influx of an influx of those opportunities where they're looking for a partner to be able to show up a little bit differently. And, and LPL is one of the firms that's getting the call. And, and we've been thankful to, to have the opportunity to win the business and partner with those firms. So how do you get the word out there to advise? I mean, LPL obviously is a known name, but get the word out to fee-only advisors, RAA-only advisors that uh, you want, that you are a custodian and you are ready to compete with the likes of uh, Schwab or Pershing or any of, any of the others. Yeah, David, so you guys are certainly a great partner to help with that. But aside from that, we, we've built up a, a really dynamic, incredibly impressive um, sales team who have... Um, been around the uh, the RIA space for many many years, developed their networks, and and as a result, they are able to bring some credibility into those conversations very quickly, based off of legacy relationships that they may have over the course of decades in in, in this industry. And I think that's been the primary source so far is is through those relationships that that our sales team has built, and then word of mouth spreading from there. As some of our existing clients or some of our new clients are meeting with some of their friends in the industry who are also in a similar position. I do, do you think that I mean, there are some advisors out there who are surprised that this is a business line that they could affiliate with LPL in this way without doing any brokerage business, without doing any commission-based business? Yeah, we definitely have that conversation fairly frequently. And the numbers speak for themselves once we're able to get into that dialogue. And I think the way that we're showing up in that conversation as well, and then, of course, in the partnership thereafter, is really what ends up tearing down the walls and puts us in a good position to be able to win 
win in those opportunities. We're standing forward with a, a really strong commitment to RIAs where regardless of their size, we're giving them a, a dedicated service team. So while you see some of the other custodians in the space looking to drive a more digitized service experience that, that's maybe focused a bit more on the way that the support team within the firm is able to, to access resources, we recognize the need, uh, particularly for the small and the mid-sized RIA firms to be able to have a partner who can deliver at scale. And that's how LPL is showing forward with a dedicated sales team, dedicated relationship management and consulting resources, unique technology capabilities for them that leverage everything that's great about the cottage industry that LPL, that LPL is part of that, that exists within the RIA space with so many different technology providers that, that, we, that we integrate with very deeply, but at the same time providing them with options where if they didn't want to incur the expense of third-party technology, they can leverage our ClientWorks platform for, for no additional fee and be able to, to benefit from the entire tech stack that they may need. And so for a lot of those, again, small to mid-sized firms, call them a few hundred million dollars in assets and below, they find it to be really valuable to have a partner who's leaning forward in a way that really custodians have always done over the last 10 or 15 years since the RA industry has boomed up until fairly recently when a number of the other custodians have made the choice to, to chase the price down and, and as a result have had to trade off on what the service experience has been. Okay. So how would you compare to Schwab or Pershing in terms of price for a fee-only RIA? So I think I'm if you not think sure, of a Schwab, I'm sure everyone's a Fidelity, a little bit different, but, you know. Yeah. If you think about a Schwab, a Fidelity, a Pershing, an LPL, I, I think generally speaking, any of those firms are going to be rather competitive. So the reality is that the core custody functionality has, has really become the ultimate commodity in this industry over the last several years. And, and that's no different with, with a firm like an LPL. We're, we're always looking at ways to be able to save the firm's finality and cost. For us, instead of us looking at, hey, how much are we charging per trade or how much are we charging for your access to a certain service experience, what we'd rather have the conversation with advisors about is what's your total cost of ownership of your firm? Uh, and, and what are you looking at in terms of the overall expense profile of the firm as a whole, as opposed to individual siloed relationships? Um, and when you think about the way that we're able to lean forward with the type of service experience we can offer, the type of growth consulting we can offer, type of technology capabilities that we can offer to them, and you compare that to what it might be if they were to partner with other firm or firms, I think that generally speaking, they're finding that uh, there's some economies that they can get from a relationship with LPL, broadly speaking, when they look at their entire P&L of their firm, as, uh, as opposed to simply looking narrowly at what's the cost of my custodian, in which case I think we'd be competitive, but where we can really be differentiated is when looking at the whole. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And you bring in some of those other services that you offer. Are these the, 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 the business services that were recently introduced around mergers and acquisitions or around uh, marketing, I think, was another, you know, there, there's some kind of, I, I don't want a la carte, maybe, is that the word to describe it? The service models that LPL has for advisors now around these kind of different buckets of, of practice management, correct? Yeah, so the way that I tend to think about it is an RIA or an independent advisor, whichever model it is that is most appropriate for your firm, you're plugging into the LPL platform and, and you're leveraging LPL as a partner, certainly as a custodian, potentially as more to be able to operate your business. One of the aspects that that gives you access to is what you're referring to, David, in terms of our business solutions. 
and through LPL Business Solutions, our focus is on how do we help these wealth managers, how do we help these financial advisors run the best small businesses in our country, uh, regardless of industry. And there's certain aspects that you need to consider when you're running a small business. I know this from my, my time at Market Council, as you were alluding to, where you need to be disciplined about your budgeting. And so they can leverage an LPL CFO who they can partner with on an ongoing basis to be able to partner with them and learn about how to implement an effective budget and be able to manage their expenses, take a look at their fee models and perhaps evolve that, look at client segmentation, mergers and acquisitions opportunities, valuation for their business and where they can potentially um, expand upon their enterprise value, things along those lines. And what's cool is that CFO is there to help do that and to do the work um, alongside them um, and for them. Um, the same way that any CFO of any business of any any size would do. And they could bring on a marketing partner from LPL to help manage their marketing campaigns. What's their messaging? What's their positioning? Manage the website for them, including the content that's there. Things like newsletters or social media activity, et cetera, uh, to be able to help get the word out and be able to grow the um, allegiance that their existing clients have to their firm, but as, of course, as well, expand out on the, uh, on the um, new client front. From a technology standpoint, Every firm, regardless of what industry you're in these days, needs to have a computer and a printer, and you need to make sure that you've got a file system and an email server and things along those lines. And that infrastructure doesn't come naturally to many of the advisors in our industry, I would tell you. And so they have the opportunity to leverage LPL capabilities and resources to be able to manage that in an effective way, make sure that you have a forward-thinking, modernized infrastructure. And then you were talking a little while ago about M&A, that's the latest of the, ver of the business solutions that we've brought forward. And I think it's one of the most differentiated in that we've built up capabilities where we support advisors with everything from valuation to deal structuring, to identifying deals. We've got capital support to be able to assist them in, uh, in, in closing opportunities um, and executing upon transactions. And then I think what's most important there is that Getting to the altar and saying I do on a merger acquisition opportunity is probably the easy part. The most difficult part is then what happens afterwards when you start to live together. And from our standpoint, we, we're very focused on the integration of the businesses and how do we help with that conversion and integration process post-deal to make sure that these deals are, are most successful by providing a full suite of services there to, to each of those firms as they're coming together. And so really, as you can imagine, you've got LPL, the custodian. For those who want to leverage, you've got LPL, the RIA, where you can outsource your risk management to us. You've got the broker dealer, of course. You've got all the technology we've talked about. And now through business solutions, you also have this small business service bureau, for lack of a better term, uh, that's able to help you with really running a fantastic, disciplined small business that just happens to be within the wealth management industry. Could you profile a little bit the average advisor who's on the custodial platform as an RIA only? Are we talking small, mid-sized, large firms? What would, is, there a, is there kind of an LPL advisory firm profile? That yeah. So what I'd say there is, if you think about the, the RIAs that are leveraging LPL as custodian, they really run the gamut. You've got, you've got a number of small firms and you have some of the largest RIAs in the country that leverage LPL either as an exclusive or primary partner in their business, tens of billions of dollars. The, when you think of the, the average or probably the most typical as opposed, as opposed to averages, the, the most typical of those firms, I think you're, you're likely looking at those that have a couple hundred million dollars in assets under management, have, have a very strong growth desire and, and an aggressive trajectory ahead of them. And, and they're, they're looking at how do they leverage 
partner to be able to operate their business efficiently, leveraging some of the tools and capabilities we talked about here, as opposed to really figuring out how to be able to, to do a lot of it by themselves and, uh, and perhaps taking resources away from their client management. Right. And how does that differ then from the advisors that are being targeted by LPL Strategic Wealth Services, right? That's a relatively new offering that, as I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, is, is meant to kind of provide a more kind of white glove service for maybe larger advisors, maybe even advisors coming out of the warehouses or some of the larger regionals. Is that true? Yeah, t- totally accurate. And I think that what, what you're seeing, David, is, uh, again, the expansion of the LPL platform to, to provide a variety of different tools and capabilities and ways for us to be able to lean in as a, as a meaningful partner. With Strategic Wealth Services, which we just passed the one-year anniversary of that program, we're leaning in to be able to support the advisor holistically. So as opposed to some of the a la carte nature of what you were describing before in the business solutions and some of the other capabilities. Here with Strategic Wealth Services, we tagged the motto of you own it, we run it, because we're really there partnered with the, the principals of the firm in a very meaningful way, effectively taking on the roles of their chief financial officer, their chief marketing officer, their chief operating officer, really helping them run the business while they serve as the captain of their ship. And we're doing that in a highly advanced way for some of the most sophisticated, largest teams in the industry and pairing that type of ongoing maintenance and support of the business and management and growth aspects together with, as you were pointing out, for wirehouse and regional firms or, or teams coming out of those environments, um, a white glove transition experience where we're helping them source and build out real estate to their exacting specification. We're helping them with building their brand, choosing their name, their website, and their entire visual image, putting in place HR programs to make sure that their people are well compensated and, and, and that there's an administrative support system there to, to assist with it, while also making sure that they've got leading benefits programs for their, for their employees and, and the advisors on their team, because that's what they're getting coming out of the large institutions. And so if you think about that well-rounded experience of a full management team there, to support the business, I think there's a really a strong value proposition that to this point, we're thankful has, has resonated with some of those breakaways. But you're, you're alluding to a point that I think is really interesting, which is the different ways that you can partner with LPL. And, and the way that I tend to think of it is when you're, when you're house, house hunting, you have different options, uh, right? You can, you can go and get a plot of land and build a house from scratch. Uh, you could buy an existing house and remodel it or, or make it work to your, to your needs. You can go into a planned community or into an environment where you've got a builder who's there ready to, to work for you. And he says, you got one choice of one of five kitchens and one of five bathrooms and one of three front doors, and you get to choose. And then you step away and they build it for you and you move into the, the house that you had just designed. Or you can say, you know what, I don't want to build and own a house at all. Instead, I'd rather go out and rent a home. And while I can't necessarily move the walls or change where the outlets are in this house because I don't own it. I also don't necessarily have the maintenance and I can make it feel homey because I can paint the walls and bring my furniture in and it still feels like me, even though I don't have to have every decision point that I can make. And I think of LPL along the same lines. You can run your own RIA uh, and really own everything and figure everything out and plug into us where is most appropriate and where you need help on that a la carte type of basis. You can come in and be in that environment where it's a little bit more controlled, so you're getting a lot more support. And, and that's really along the lines of strategic wealth services. 
or you can go and rent and, and and make it feel like home and make it put your name on the door of that house and, and brand it as your own and pick up and leave when you're done with the rental. But you still don't have to worry about owning a house and all the maintenance and everything that goes into home ownership. And that's our Linsco employee model. And so you, we've really designed this to be a, a spectrum of ways that advisors can plug in in a number of different ways, depending on what's appropriate for them in that point in their career. How is the employee model going? Because I know that is another employee option that, or that is another affiliation option that you guys have. It could be a full-on W-2 employee of LPL as a financial advisor. How is that going? How is that division building out? Yeah, we're really excited. We, we've launched a, a handful of advisors into that model so far this year. As you know, David, we, we just started talking about that in the third quarter of 2020. And so to already have Advisors operating on the platform is, is something we're, we're awfully excited about. The pipeline for that business has grown substantially over the last couple of months um, since the first couple of advisors have, have joined the platform. I think what, what we're finding is to launch a brand new program takes, takes a lot of time and grit, and you've got to build up your credibility. And it, it seems as though we've done a, a decent job of that with Linsco here because the pipeline has grown about eightfold, it looks like, over the last couple of months alone. And, and we're pretty excited about what the remainder of 2021 holds and, and certainly into the future. Yeah, for sure. But let me ask you this. You know, one of the things that uh, Schwab and uh, TD, to a lesser extent, I guess, would get dinged on would be, you know, oh, we're competing, you know, with our advisors, you know, because we have advisors and we do, you know, brokerage business for the, the public. And, and, and then we also have advisors over here who are kind of competing with them. Is, are you getting into that sort of situation at LPL if you're going to try to have every affiliation model open and available, would you get into a point where there might be some competition for clients uh, between LPL and the advisors they serve? Or are we still way early so, on that? I mean, I, I think LPL, I think LPL is is very focused on the independent model and how do you serve independent advisors? When you think about Linsco, that employee model we were just talking about, with Linsco, it's still an independent model. The only difference is that you're, you're wrapping that with employee services. So you're giving them payroll, you're giving them benefits, you're helping them with facilities that, that are LPL facilities as opposed to them having to manage rent and the like. So, and really, it's, it's for the advisor who makes the choice that they want to spend their entire time focused on serving their clients and growing their business as opposed to on running the business um, itself and, and everything that comes along with, uh, with that aspect of it. But when you consider the fact that they own their clients outright, we will not make any claims that we own their clients if they pick up one day and say, hey, guys, this isn't working for us. We're going to another situation. We'd rather help them offboard those clients successfully to be, to be able to follow them to their next destination rather than put up any claim that, that those are LPL's clients. And I think that's the primary difference. And when you look at some of those multi-channel firms, to your point, they do have a retail arm that has employee advisors and they have an independent arm. Generally, the, those types of transitions are, are, are not the friendliest. And from our standpoint, our mission statement is to take care of our advisors so they can take care of their clients with those, cho- with those words chosen very carefully, that it's their clients and that the advisor is our client. And we will always focus on how do we best support the advisor-mediated aspects of wealth management for this country. And, and I think one of the biggest parts of that is enabling the advisors to make the decisions that are best for them, giving them the flexibility to do so. And that includes us not being in a spot where we are um, competing for those clients. Yeah. So that employee model will be a little bit different than like a LPL retail offering. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a 
maybe a W two relationship, but it's not it's not a it's not a public facing retail offering from LPL. That's right. You would see Cohen Wealth Management, for instance, and just behind the scenes, it happens to be that that individual is a uh, is a W two employee of LPLs, and I think that what we've done is we've separated the um, relationship that LPL has with that advisor from the relationship that the advisor has with their clients. And and if that advisor came in and started as a W-2 employee of ours, they'd be branded as Cohen Wealth Management. If they decided then to go and and change their affiliation from W-2 to a 1099 independent, their their, their clients really shouldn't have any awareness of that. That's that's a change in the uh, relationship between us and and the advisor that really has no impact to the client. If they then decided they want to go and start their own RIA, again, it should be uh, it should be a seamless experience for for the end client. Where, as far as they know, they're still working with Cohen Wealth Management and and doing that in an effective way. Their account numbers stay the same. They're still receiving same statements from LPL. They're still logging into the same client portals. Everything that's been changed is behind the scenes more operational and logistical in terms of the relationship between LPL and the advisor and what's the support that the advisor is looking for from us versus what are they doing themselves on an in-source basis. My final question, and it's going to be kind of a tough one, but try your best. What do you think in 10 years LPL looks like? I wish I had that crystal ball handy uh, yeah. right now, David. That's a, uh, that, that, that's a great question. I, I think that Unequivocally, we're, we're committed to that mission statement I shared with you. So continuing to support the financial advisor in, in how they best support their clients. And I, I think that as we've learned over the course of the 32-year history of LPL, and, and certainly in my time here over the last two and a half, there's a lot that we don't know today that we will learn over the coming months and years that are ultimately going to guide what that firm looks like 10 years from now. But I have every confidence that what it will look like is, is a firm that's incredibly advisor-centric, incredibly client-friendly, and the client being our advisor as well as their own clients, and making sure that we're in a position to be able to support them most effectively. I think that you're going to see a lot more digitization and technology brought in, and not on the service side like we were talking about earlier, but more so in terms of how do we allow advisors to open new accounts? in seconds, as opposed to the amount of time that it might take today and, and leveraging AI to make sure that that happens efficiently and empowering the advisors with more tools so that they could be more effective and efficient at their at serving their clients. I think that's some of where you'll start to see this headed, always with the advisor at the epicenter of our universe and figuring out how do we best support them with the services, the technology, the tools, the capabilities uh, to do their job most effectively because the reality is that's how we make our impact on this country is by empowering thousands of advisors, tens of thousands of advisors who then each empower hundreds or thousands of clients. And when you start doing that arithmetic, it's a pretty impressive group of end investors that we're impacting with, with those capabilities. But we're doing it in a way that is entirely advisor-centric and advisor-supported so that those financial advisors can leverage the empathy and the smarts that only a human can to be able to deliver personalized financial advice to their clients. Because after all, aside from your health, your wealth is one of the things that is, is really most personal to you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this has been great. I've learned a lot, Mark. Thanks very much. You know, it's, I think in, in your time there, LPL has taken some pretty long strides and has, has evolved and continues to evolve and, and we'll be watching. So thanks very much for sharing the, the, sharing the vision with us. Thanks for the time, David. Thanks for your friendship and partnership. 
And I'm David Armstrong, and this has been the Advisor Innovations Podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast is sponsored by LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and member of FINRA SIPC. LPL Financial is a separate entity from and not affiliated with wealthmanagement.com.